Do you want to capture meaningful conversations that you care about? Spotify for Podcasters allows you to make a podcast super effortlessly, distribute it automatically everywhere, completely free, and even earn money doing it. Did I say free while making money? What happened to capitalism? Use your phone or computer, hit press record, upload, and start creating today. You can also monetize your podcast super effortlessly through features like ads and subscriptions through the platform. If you have been following the Discover More journey, you know that I've been using Spotify for Podcasters since 2020. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters. Spotify.com slash podcasters to start creating immediately. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Discover More, where we strive to accelerate the learning process together through intentional dialogues. My name is Benoit. And my name is Aiden. This podcast was built on the foundation of approachable guests, synthesized experiences, and relatable lessons that will help you grow throughout your journey. Thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoy and continue to discover more. Good morning, everyone. This episode will be dropping on February 3rd, the day before my birthday, February 4th. So we wanted to take a different approach. Uh, Instead of having a guest on or like our last week's book review, we're going to talk through the five biggest lessons I learned from being a 25-year-old. For the last two years, I've used a planner that involves writing down four wins and four lessons from every day. And at some point I realized that I was compiling so many lessons that I realized I needed to share with the world because there's so much information and content out there these days. It's really hard to sort through a lot of them and more importantly, actually make it relatable to everyday life. So These five lessons are not just lessons that I've heard or read online somewhere, but rather lessons that I've experienced through firsthand and probably will continue to have to learn over and over again. As much as we like to think that we learn the lesson and then we're good going forward, oftentimes life challenges us with that same lesson over and over again to make sure that we're truly progressing and truly living by the lessons that we've learned. So from there, uh, we'd like to move into the lessons themselves. So the biggest lesson I learned is all stress is self-created. You get to choose how to respond in every moment. So this lesson I was introduced to by Emily Fletcher in her book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, which I read last January, about a year from right now. And this book really encouraged me to take on a meditation practice, which I've been consistent with, I'd say 90% of the days since reading this book last January. And she quotes the Vedas, which is an ancient Hindu scripture, which says, there is no such thing as a stressful situation, only stressful responses to a given situation. So in Emily's words, stress is not what happens to you. Stress is your reaction to what happens to you. Last January, I really took this to heart basically 
navigating through stresses of my everyday life with ease. Uh, instilling a meditation practice was probably the most beneficial thing that I've ever done and has really trickled into all elements of my life, yet still I had to actually experience this lesson. Um, as much as I read through it, as much as I felt like I embodied the idea of the lesson, life is always going to throw you curveballs and really make sure that you're actively learning and actively acting on those lessons. So I like to bring in this story of my 4th of July of 2019. So on Thursday, July 4th, I was planning to leave two days later on the 6th to a long backpacking trip through the Pacific Northwest with two of my best friends from childhood. And around 11 a.m. that morning, I realized that I have every single thing packed. I had my hiking pants, my hiking shoes, my backpack, literally everything all packed away, except the thing that was most important, my passport. So I had recently moved about two months earlier from South Philly out to Balakinwood, and I realized that during the move, I had packed in a very hastily process and didn't really know where many of my things were that I wasn't using regularly. So immediately I panicked. I basically realized that if I didn't have my passport in two days, I would no longer be able to go visit Banff National Park with my two best friends. Um, I felt scared that I'd have to cancel the whole trip to the point that I was actually replanning my trip shortly after to see how to incorporate only American cities. Uh, I felt embarrassed about the idea of canceling the whole trip with my best friends, and I really didn't know how to proceed. So starting at 11 a.m., I took trips driving back from my parents' house in Glen Mills down to Balakinwood, which is a 45-minute drive each way, looking everywhere I could possibly imagine to try and find my passport, realizing it wasn't there, and then panicking and driving completely back. And I did this four to five times. I had spent five to six hours going back and forth, tearing my apartments apart, everywhere in my parents' basement, garage, uh, my bedroom, literally looked inside of out of every single thing I own on my 4th of July. While others were out spending time with friends and family, drinking, watching fireworks, I was more stressed than I've ever been in my entire life looking for this passport. The funny thing is I could have just taken a pause, taken a constructive approach to dealing with this stress and written down on a piece of paper everywhere that I've last seen my passport, everywhere that it could have been, everywhere that it could be. But instead, I went into flight or flight immediately and panicked, tried driving back and forth. I'm going, you know, 85 and a 55, trying to get from place to place sooner, soon as possible, stressing myself out until eventually I found it in my parents' garage at approximately seven o'clock, the entire day wasted, but finally refound my passport. And the really funny thing is I tried to teach my lot in this lesson just days earlier when she told me that she'd be worrying about the trip. I told her, there's no reason to worry. All stress is self-created. You don't have to stress. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be in hotels and safe campsites. But life had to teach me that lesson. I had learned the lesson through readings and through my work experience, but really solidifying that lesson was a completely different story. And that reminds me of a quote by Carl Jung, that is, beware of unearned wisdom. So this one really hit home for me because 
there's so much content out there these days between podcasts and social media and articles online that you can really learn the experiences of people that are vastly more experienced than you or have had vastly different experiences. But as much as you can observe the lessons, you really need to act and learn from the lessons for yourself before they actually are solidified. So I'm remarkably grateful that this is a ability at this time, that there is so much content out there, that there is so many people sharing their experiences just for the benefit of others. But the biggest thing I've learned is that it's absolutely crucial to maintain a student's mindset and really realize that no matter what I read, there's always going to be more to learn, always going to be more to see and to experience. And most importantly, embracing that student's mindset, always trying to learn more, always trying to experience the lesson and not just read it. Yeah, absolutely, Aiden. Thanks for sharing for that story. And I just want to quickly share two idioms in the army that are very popular. The first one is known as embrace the suck. So of course, there's a lot of bureaucracy and there's a whole lot of inefficiency in the army. And so there's a lot of times there are shitty situations or sucky situations, but the idiom goes embrace the suck because it's not the waiting itself. It's not the task itself. It's not the inefficiency itself that's frustrating to you. They are to a certain degree, but it's your reaction. It's the emotional response that you have chosen to attach to those things that are creating this profound and immeasurable amount of stress, which I thought related to what you just spoke perfectly. And the second idiom is hurry up and wait. It is such a common saying in the army because army is all about the go, go, go mode. Go, go, go. Now, now, now. You're on my army time. But then after you've hurried on all those things just to end up waiting because of the bureaucracy. So a lot of times you should be wait, 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 and then hurry because you need time to recollect and think about what you're about to do so you can execute your plan, whatever that may be. So I really thought that those two idioms and what you just shared is super relatable. And I hope all the listeners could take away something from that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Ben. It really shows that even in a level as high as the army with lives at stake, it really is a choice at all times of how we're going to react in each moment. So speaking of reacting in the moment, that really brings me into lesson two, which is I think the biggest choice and I guess the biggest phrase you can always think to yourself when dealing with a problem or a new issue And it's the idea that extreme accountability and ownership means that you are the source of every result in your life, good or bad. So this idea was initially introduced to me by Nick Balletto, a coach and guest of our show, when we were working together for fitness and mindset coaching. So the big takeaway with this lesson is basically to step out of victimhood, to stop blaming others, stop pointing the fingers, and really take responsibility and full accountability for every single circumstance and every single situation that you face. Uh, There's a saying that I really like of when you point the finger at someone else, there's three fingers pointing back at you. So for this lesson, I want to share a story that actually happened probably two weeks ago. Like I mentioned before, as much as I thought I had learned the lesson, I thought I had learned it through experience, which I had life continued to retest me. So last week, I had gone home back to Glen Mills to visit with my family, as well as to change my oil on my car. So 
I've had my car for about two years and up until now I had brought it to the dealership to get the oil changed, to get the tires rotated, just anything. I'm not super car savvy, so I let the professionals take care of it. This time, however, I wanted to save a little money and really learn just at least the basic fundamentals for my car. So I went home to get my oil changed and had asked my dad to help me with the oil change. So it seemed to be a pretty straightforward process. Um, we just drained the oil from the bottom of the car into the pan, refilled it with a brand new oil, changed the filter, and within a half hour, I was off and driving to go visit my grandparents. So on the way over to my grandparents, probably as immediately following turning out of the driveway, I noticed this shutter in my car. Basically, the whole car was just moving around, moaning a little bit. I was like, this seems kind of funny. There's no reason this should be happening. The, everything was driving fine before we changed the oil. So I talked to my grandpa about it. He's a little car savvy. He wasn't sure. We went out for a test drive. He said, you know, I'm not sure you should give your dealership a call. Called Subaru, uh, asked them, to explain them to what happened. And they said, just don't drive it. Stay off of it as much as possible. We'll talk to the mechanic, see what goes on. Then they call me back five minutes later and express that in fact, we had drained the transmission oil rather than the engine oil, which basically means that my car was completely undrivable. Um, to use the mechanic's word, it would be remarkably catastrophic if I had driven more than the five miles that I did. So they immediately called me back and asked me to tow my car to the Subaru dealership 10 miles away, uh, which, you know, I was uh, very bummed about. Um, I've been saving money very consistently for the past month, and this was going to be $150 just to tow it across, much less the mechanics fee of whatever the money to fix it would be. So when I first heard the news, I immediately went into victim mentality, immediately went into fight or flight, blaming the people around me, saying, you know, pointing the finger at my dad. Why did he not know? Why would he instruct me to do this the wrong way? However, after 10 minutes or so, I realized what I was doing. I realized I was falling into the old habits, the old patterns that I was honestly grew up with. The powerful thing here is I realized that it was my responsibility. It was my car. He was trying to do me a huge solid, a huge favor, trying to teach me something that he had learned just years before. Upon making this realization, I reminded myself of this exact lesson. Extreme accountability and ownership means that you are the source of every result in your life, good or bad. This instance, very bad. And I realized that pointing fingers wasn't going to get me anywhere. So really, once I took the accountability of this situation, I realized that my dad was doing me a huge favor, doing me a huge solid. And it was really my fault. I should have looked at the instructions on the internet or talked to the mechanic beforehand. But really living out this experience or this story uh, reinstilled this lesson that I had learned over and over again. So this was obviously a pretty tragic and potentially catastrophic circumstance to learn this lesson, but it really reminded me that this lesson refers to every result in your life, not just the good, not just the bad, not just the things that you're focusing on, but really every single thing that's happening in your life is your responsibility, your ownership, your accountability, and I'm remarkably grateful for Nick Boletto for teaching me that lesson and now hopefully teach it to others. Yeah, Aiden, really well said. I just want to bring that home with a simple idea that we have discussed previously is people must recognize that you 
and everyone only have power over what they have control over. And by pointing the fingers, by playing the victimhood, by giving your power away, by blaming everything else but yourself, you're losing power from the deepest core level. So we really hope that this lesson drives home for many of the listeners out there and take accountability and be responsible for every action in your life. Yeah, thanks, Ben. It really is every single action. And that kind of brings us into lesson three that I've learned this year, which is seek the lesson. Life always gives the cast of characters and circumstance that you need to grow. So similarly to each of the stories I just told, the first time I needed to relearn all stress is self-created. The second time I re needed to learn um, legitimately all circumstances, all people have something to teach you. This is something that I really embrace when I'm traveling especially when you're interacting with so many strangers, so many new experiences, so many new circumstances, there's really always going to be a lesson new, something new that you've never seen before. So one story that this reminds me of is when I was backpacking Europe following the school year of 2016. So it was the final flight where I was flying from Berlin back home with a layover in Iceland when I sat down on the plane and finally began talking with the stranger sitting next to me. Up until that point in time, I was a little hesitant to talk with strangers on a plane just because obviously no one loves when people are chatting it up on a plane when they're trying to sleep. Uh, Just, you know, I'm a big introvert, so it's obviously easier to put my headphones in. But being this the last day of my European experience... I really wanted to take every single opportunity to make the most of these last few hours. So to my surprise, the man that sat next to me on this plane was an engineer from Boston named Peter. And I wrote about this in my journal from 2017 that kind of only in reflecting in did I realize the profound impact it had on, I guess, the way that I approached life at this time. What I came to learn is that he was a participant in Mars 100, which is a program that sends 100 scientists and or astronauts or common people to potentially populate the planet once that's technologically available. So he was explaining that this is a long-term project, probably wouldn't be chosen for 10 years, but this was just the initial stages to gauge interest and really make the commitment that if he were to be selected, this was signing away his life, signing away his family, and making the decision to permanently move to Mars, because once you go there, there was no guarantee on ever returning home. The quote that I wrote down from Peter that really sticks with me to this day is, don't wait, try the things while you're young, take the risks, just be adventurous. And this being said to me on the last day of my 15-day European backpacking trip where I was in Ibiza for eight hours. I was talking to strangers at hostels every night. It was really just the icing on the cake for a trip that I'm so, so grateful for because it instilled and solidified all of those lessons, all of those experiences that I had learned on that trip. With this lesson, I really just want to encourage everybody that the lessons you need to grow are all around you. The people in your life, the situations you're dealing with, they're all there for a reason if you give it a reason. Seek the lesson. Life always gives you the cast of characters and circumstances you need to grow.
Yeah, that's a powerful story because I think this reconfirms and reaffirms the fact that you never know what type of curveball or type of interesting characters and cast that life gives to you or presents to you. Because Aiden, if you never had the courage or the humility to seek the lessons or seek wisdom, like what we talked about during our last episode of the book review, you've never met Peter and you've never heard or listened to or processed the powerful story that Peter shared. So this is a way to encourage everyone. Never walk by a stranger because everyone has something unique and powerful to share if you give the opportunity to. So hopefully this was a good anchor and an encouragement to everyone. Step out of your comfort zone, seek the lesson, seek the discomfort, and just speak to people because that one stranger you decide to speak to may give you one of the most profound and powerful lessons you've ever learned in your life. Yeah, so the fourth lesson is know thyself, then perform action without attachment to the result. So this lesson was introduced to me actually by an article that my mom sent to me, shout out mom if you're listening, that I think was trickled down from ancient yoga teachings. Um, It was some yoga article I think had to deal with yoga happening in Philly, but this quote really struck a chord with me once I read it. Because it's powerful in two ways. First, as a commandment, know thyself, and then perform action without attachment. I'm going to approach this from both sides, both commandments within the lesson. So with know thyself, that initially started with my work with Nick Baletto last March, where we initially began working together because I wanted to achieve the best physique of my life. He's a very accomplished fitness coach that I thought would allow me to break the plateaus that I was having and really achieve the best physical health that I ever had. And little did I know, the physical was just 10% of what I had gained while working with Nick. Sure, the workouts were tough, the eating plan was well curated, but it was ultimately the mindset work that really paid the most dividends, really created the most change in who I am and how I show up in the world. So on these calls with Nick, we went through mindset exercises where he would ask me questions and really force me to dig deep into things of my childhood, into how I would react to situations. Uh, Honestly, just figuring out what my biggest values and beliefs were, which up until this point, I never had done. And I'm confident that a lot of people around me haven't done either because to be honest, life gets busy. There's always another goal to achieve. There's always a new person to hang out with or a new movie to go see with your friends. Rarely is there time to sit down with a pen and a paper and ask yourself, what do I believe? Why do I believe those things? And how do those beliefs shape me and the people around me? So the biggest realization I had from these exercises was that I was habituated to be afraid of standing out. Like we've talked about in previous episodes, I grew up a pretty overweight and obese child, so was bullied for a good portion of my childhood. And this situation caused me to basically avoid standing out as much as possible. I was afraid to speak up in class, uh, afraid to speak my mind, even to family and friends, afraid to meet new people, uh, rarely would interact with strangers. So. He really allowed me to shine a light on this pattern that I was having, the fear of standing out, the fear of judgment, the fear of other people's opinions. And 
ultimately one of the biggest lessons from this was it's often the biggest insecurity that leads to your biggest purpose. This comes full circle to where we stand now, where I am at this point in time hosting a podcast where I share my voice each and every week. Week one, this was terrifying for me. Absolutely remarkably uncomfortable. In fact, you know, the first three or four episodes, I had to have a glass of whiskey in my hand the entire time, trying to let the words flow a little bit better. Now I'm confident in the ideas that I have and the lessons that I'm trying to share with the world. And really, it goes back to this idea of knowing yourself, the opportunity to work through these things and ultimately get clear on who I am. So the second part of this lesson is perform action without attachment to result. So from anyone that's from Philly, they're familiar with the trust the process mentality. And this is really the ethos of this lesson, perform action without attachment. So this really is illustrated by how 2019 played out for me because 2019 was the first year where I didn't set goals. I rather I sent intentions. So for 2019, my intention for creativity was I am discovering the joy of creating through writing, photography, and music so I can channel and share my voice with others. At no point at the beginning of 2019 did I say, I want to start a podcast. I want to record and interview people that I look up to each and every week. However, because I focused and fell in love with the process of creating and I was detached from the result of what would come out on the other side, we ultimately founded this podcast and share our passions and our reflections and our lessons with you each and every week. I just want to share a quote by Emma Stones that I think adds on to what you already shared, Aiden. She talks about this. What sets you apart can sometimes feel like a burden and it's not. And a lot of the time, it's what makes you great. I think, I don't know if she shared this in the movie Easy A, but I think that's what the movie was about, right? To people who watched Easy A is she was ridiculed for being different, but that it's that uniqueness that makes you stand out. And I think this is a powerful lesson to everyone that know yourself and then do things that makes you different, do things that makes you passionate, do things that adds that fire to your fuel and because that's going to make your life so much more interesting and so much more enjoyable. Yeah, thanks, Ben. And that leads into the final lesson, which honestly I think is the most important. Sooner or later, health will be your number one concern. So this lesson only makes sense when you really think about it. Sooner or later, health will be your number one concern. And then I think it hits really hard. At some point in your life, whether that's a life-threatening sickness to yourself or to a family member, or when you get married or finally have kids, someone to look after and be responsible for, or even if it's a little later in life when you're finally on your deathbed, sooner or later, health will be your number one concern. This, I think, was an idea that, contrary to the lessons before, I was living before I knew, right? I valued my health more than anything else for, I'd say, the last three years because I knew that that ultimately dictated how I showed up on the day-to-day, why I had energy to go to the gym at 5, work a 10-hour day, and then come home and spend time with my friends until 10, and then wake up and do it all over again. I knew the profound impacts that health had over me, but I never really recognized that 
for everyone. This is a universal and collective truth. At some point, health will be your number one concern. I am remarkably grateful that I learned this lesson so early in life because I look around and see a lot of people who haven't realized this yet, who put entertainment or instant gratification or pleasure before their health. And it might work for them at that time. It might serve them in the current experience. But I know that in five, in 10, in however long it takes them to learn that lesson, eventually they'll stumble on this fact. Sooner or later, health will be your number one concern. Yeah, Aiden. And unlike in the movie Black Panther, where we talked about Rwanda forever, health isn't forever. And that's the reason why longevity and immortality have always been so enticing for so many people that came before us. But health is never forever. It reminds me of the conversation that we had with our guest, Matthias Wiest, where we talked about the absolute importance and the necessity of being proactive versus reactive. Proactivity always will trump and outshine reactivity because, for example, with this broken healthcare system that we have in the US, when you're being preventive, when you're doing your medical checkups, when you're working out, when you're eating correctly, the medical bill is pretty low and your health premiums is pretty low because nothing has happened yet. But once you let yourself go, once you forget this absolute truth that health is your number one concern, when you're reacting to it, once you're sick, once you have all these things popping up in your life, your medical bill skyrockets. And I know countless amount of people who have declared bankruptcy or have lost their homes, lost their lives, lost everything because of the outrageous medical bill. Because why? Like what you talked about, Aiden, they prioritize the instant gratification. They prioritize the short-term pleasure, the entertainment, and they forgot and they lost the foresight that health is always, always your number one concern sooner or later. So with that, we really, really want to make this earnest remark and as a reminder that please do not react. Please be proactive. Please be preventive. Because in that sense, you can truly live a enjoyable and long and healthy life. Yeah, excellent point, Ben. I think it's crucial to point out that health while it is a right, certainly not a privilege, but it's also a choice, a choice to be proactive, choice not to be reactive. And we'd like to encourage everybody to take that approach to their own health so they can show up better for the people around them. So in conclusion, my five biggest lessons learned at age 25, all stress is self-created. You get to choose how to respond in each moment. Extreme accountability and ownership means that you are the source of every result in your life, good or bad. Seek the lesson. Life always gives the cast of characters and circumstances you need to grow. Know thyself, then perform action without attachment to the result. And sooner or later, health will be your number one concern. So I'd really like to say thank you to everyone that's listened. Uh, I'm remarkably grateful for having this opportunity to share these lessons with you all. And most importantly, for the year that I've just experienced, it's been remarkably fulfilling. It's been unexpected and honestly, one of the best of my life. So I'd really hope that you all found some sort of value in these lessons and also now have the curiosity to find the lessons in your own life, to 
reflect on the experiences that you have and ultimately discover more how we can make this world a better place. Happy early birthday, Aiden, and I'm sure your 26th year is going to be even better. And with that, till next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Discover More. We release a new episode every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And would really appreciate if you have subscribed and shared this with your friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us next week in the journey of discovering more through intentional dialogues.